today we talk about the murder of Ahmad Arbery. Hey, 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 it's Pastor B. It's Alex. How's it going? It's going good, man. Man, it's been a while since we've done a, pl- a podcast. It's been a while, while, while since we've done one. Man. You know, I mean, it's probably close to two and a half months, almost the amount of time that we've been in quarantine, huh? I know. Who would have thought? <laughs> I know. We do, our, we do our last podcast about the pandemic, yeah. and then we have to go into quarantine. This was not us, guys. <laughs> but uh, we're we're happy to be back, happy to to be sharing with everyone, and and to um to to be talking again here today. So, Alex, what have you been doing with yourself while you've been in quarantine? Man, well, since we've been in quarantine and we had to stay at home here in Virginia, there's not too much we could do. But what I've been doing is been uh, relaxing a bit, working a bit too, trying to keep myself under control we were allowed to go outside so i did lots of walks outside and i did pokemon go because i still do that that's still a thing for me at least yeah i gotta get back into it i still have it on my phone but i haven't played probably since last summer yeah see it's an excuse for for me to work out because you get stuff when you walk so i make an excuse you walk five kilometers you get something so it's my way to work out and just motivates me so awesome just trying to keep grounded well, for me, you know, I've been working. I know I've been watching your Instagram a lot. You've been doing a lot of planting and gardening yes, at your house. The, got a green thumb now. That's new. I, I bet your mom's happy with how great the garden at your house looks. She's not happy with how her bank account looks. <laughs> I use her money for it. It's not my money being spent. Well, it's easy to spend other people's money, right? Yes, <laughs> it is. Much, much easier than that. But our garden looks amazing. Well, I don't have a garden, but uh, I've been keeping busy. I've still been working. Um, you know, I've been allowed to come to the church. You know, we social distance here at the church. Um, you know, Pastor Ken is in one part of the church, and I'm like 200 feet away in another part of the church yeah. in a completely different room. So we're, you know, we're getting work done here. Uh, you know, shameless plug. If you haven't checked out our YouTube YouTube channel, with I almost said YouTube Man. channel. It's a YouTube channel. Apparently, quarantine has taken away my ability to talk. It's, it happens to us, guys. Um, but check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we've got to you know, look up Fusion. I think it's Fusion Youth NBC is the, the YouTube channel. Um, we'll, uh, we'll post it later. But, uh, you know, check it out. We've got these things called fireside chats on there where I just do, you know, I try to keep it around 10 minutes. You know, I, I have a, a tendency to, to talk too much. Sometimes, sometimes, okay. you know, but I uh, try to keep it around 10 minutes and uh, have just been, uh, you know, doing some some quick devotionals there uh, on Fireside Chats. So, you know, check it out. We've been posting them uh, daily during the week uh, and uh, really enjoying doing that. So if you've missed us and kind of want to see what God's been doing in our lives, or at least in my life, you know, check out Fireside Chats. Well, we've got a great podcast in store for you today, although... The topic of discussion isn't necessarily a great discussion, but I'm excited about our guest that we've got later on, uh, which we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, But our topic today, Alex, why don't you introduce the topic and then uh, maybe even talk about our guest that we're going to have on in a little bit. All right. So I'll start with our guest. Uh, Guests, we've had him here at the church before. He's done some, some little events for us before. Some of you may know him. He's a well-known uh, spoken word rapper. His name is Legend. That's right. We're getting Legend here, and he's gonna he's gonna talk over. He's gonna chat up with us about uh, an event that just happened here, and it's not definitely a recent event that just happened here. And we're gonna be talking about the the murder of Lamond Arbery and just everything around that, and just what. What we're feeling about it, what what me and Legend know about, it, what Brandon knows about it, and we're gonna we're just gonna chat it up and just see what our views are on this. Yeah, and we're looking forward to that conversation. And Alex and I are gonna start the conversation between the two of us here before we bring Legend on, just to kind of give you a little bit more of background on the uh, situation. Because if you're like me, you might have been living under a rock for a little bit. But uh, let's go ahead. We're gonna take a short break. And uh, we'll dive right back into our conversation. 
So we are uh, discussing the murder of Ahmed Arbery. And, uh, you know, here on the Fusion Pod, you know, our goal is to talk about current events and then really, you know, dig into them, see what's going on, current events, issues, and then unpack kind of a, a, a biblical understanding of what's going on as well. And we kind of touched on this topic in an earlier podcast when we talked about Black History Month. But this is a, a situation that, you know, is ongoing and some things that, you know, as the church and as believers, we need to address. So, you know, Alex, why don't you talk about what happened and then, you know, we can kind of unpack this a little yeah. bit. So uh, what happened was, I don't have the specific day and everything, but he was um, out jogging and out for a run, just getting some exercise like the rest of us in this uh, time right now. And uh, at one point, um, these two men spot him and they start to follow him and in their pickup truck and things start to escalate a little bit more. And we can't, we don't really hear too much in the video about what they were saying but they were saying things to him and they pull out the guns and they start shooting at him and they basically had no there's no bearing on shooting at him and things have happened and resurfaced a little bit so people get some context about it he went uh, he also went into a, this abandoned construction building at a building that was getting worked on house that was getting worked on and they assumed that he stole things in which it's come out that he didn't and so they stopping him and they shot him and unfortunately he was murdered in that event and that is the crux of what has happened with this yeah so and far. for me what was upsetting for me was this all happened back in february yes. on february 23rd i did not hear about this until last week and you know it, it was frustrating for me to think about that because this is something that we should have known. Now, granted, you know, it was, you know, February 23rd is when things are starting to really ramp up about this coronavirus here in the United States. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we didn't get locked down until early March, you know, and, 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 you know, Alex and I will tell you, we had other podcasts planned that we were going to do. We were going to talk about March madness and then March madness didn't happen. And we're going to talk about, sports in general you NFL know dress and all that so and so we had things planned we had things planned but you know the the pandemic kind of got in the way so there's that there but you know alex you've told me this isn't the first time that you know this kind of a a, a racial act where you know, white people murdered a black man and this isn't the first time that it's been kind of shoveled under the rug yeah this isn't well, I mean, we all know this isn't the first time, and I'm not this. This uh, we're not coming at you like we're against people here. We're just speaking complete facts and truths here, just so people don't get offended here. But yes, this is not the first time we all know of the case of Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland. I could I could keep going here, but we have seen this here where there were unfounded attacks and murderings and killings of young black individuals, and it. It really makes us think here. And there was actually just one earlier this week, Brianna Taylor. And so there are things going on and it makes you wonder and think. And I know me as a black person, it just it puts me on edge a little bit. And I know some people don't understand the things going on. And like Brandon said earlier, it's, he's a white person. He just, this is things that he just didn't notice going on or it just, isn't something that really hits you at first if you're not the group that is affecting by the way. Well, like for me, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, when, when I first heard about this, this uh, assault, this murder last week, and I heard about it from, I think it was Lecrae tweeted something about it. And then, you know, a pastor that you and I really both respect, D.A. Horton, mm -hmm. uh, tweeted about it a little bit. And... And so for me, as I was looking at this, I was like, wait a minute, this happened in February. Was I living under a rock? Yeah. You know, and I, I like to think I'm an informed person, but I do think that, you know, th th this was swept under the rug a little bit and they thought, I, 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 I'm, 
now I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I, I feel like maybe they felt like it was it was just going to go away. Probably. But, you know, part of what has made this so inflammatory was the video that yeah. was released, and it was horrifying to watch. Yes. Um, it was horrifying for me to watch, not just as a white man, but as a man. To see these two men run up on on this guy and start fighting him and shooting him to the point where he died. I mean, it's a horrifying thing to see. And uh, as I'm looking here, it looks like, um, you know, I was doing a little research in a, and I found out that part of why it came out last week was a local attorney provided a copy of the video to a radio station who put it on the station's website back on May 5th. And the video at that point then went viral. And within hours, there was a grand jury that was convened to decide whether charges should be brought against the two men. Um, I believe it's uh, Gregory McMichael and... I'm trying to think of the other guy's name. Uh, Travis McMichael. Travis McMichael is the son. Gregory McMichael is the father. They're like 30 years apart. And apparently Gregory McMichael is a retired police officer. And and so, but what I, what I find interesting is that it took a video and outrage on social media for, for these two men to be arrested and have charges brought against them it it's it's you know 74 days after the event occurs they're arrested yeah and it's just it's it's horrifying why was nothing done ahead of time that that's the question i found myself asking and now you know yes we're doing the right thing but why did it have to take why did the video have to be released to the public for this to happen that's always going to be the question why did it take long and people will have their theories of why it took so long because well the uh, it's a black guy who was shot so it's all right and other people say no oh, well uh, who knows They're trying to cover up we i don't it's a thing that i don't think we will ever find out why it took so long or they'll tell us why it took so long but we'll know that that's probably not why it took so long so what it's just something that we have to figure out ourselves and just come to a conclusion with it. And, and this will be something we get into with, with Legend when he comes on here in, in just a few minutes. But what does this say about our country? You know, when we when we get into that, what do you think, Alex? What does I this mean, say about our country? So, I mean, it doesn't... So let's not... Uh, people say here that this is not getting an act to our country. Our country is great and amazing. And I think just like anywhere else, our country has flaws. And there are things that are not... We don't have a perfect country. Let's let's just put it that way. Things are not perfect here, and that things are getting swept under the rug and falling through that just aren't happening the way they should happen. Now we think through all this, we see how people, how outraged people got, and how people really do want justice for things that are going on that are improper and that should not be happening. I think that's a good thing here that we're seeing because right. there was a petition that went out. I think that's part of why this really, some of this all went through because I know I signed it. I know a lot of like DA sent out, told people to sign it. I think that just shows you, hey, people care. People don't want injustices like this happening. And we go back to months ago, last year with football season, and we saw, we see Kaepernick O'Neal and people like, oh, so this is why he was doing it. He wasn't yeah. doing it because he was being disrespectful. The flag, no, he was doing it because things like this happen far too often. Now, and he did that piece away. So we see our country is not perfect. Does it have its flaws? Yes. Is it still great? Yes. It just, there are things that need to change. And hopefully this puts that change into a new direction. Definitely. Well, and let's, you know, let's rewind a little bit here too. Something I want to talk about, and you may have mentioned it a little bit, is you know, when I first saw the video, I was like, what is their motive for doing this? Is this completely racial? Well, it comes out that they 
there were reports of people trespassing and burglarizing homes in the area, specifically this house that was on con- under construction. And, and, and five security camera, you know, uh, show footage of a young man in a home under construction, sometimes in the middle of the night, but there was no evidence of any theft like you talked about. In fact, I think it might have been you who was listening to an interview Yesterday. with the either the owner or the construct, the head site he manager. A, he might have been the site manager. But he said nothing's been burglarized. And, and so... You know, and and then there is even a, a security camera vi- footage from across the street that shows a man identified by Arbery's family as Arbery himself minutes before the killing, and he walks into the house under construction, and then around five minutes later he leaves running down the street, and and then that's when we see this pickup come up behind them with the McMichaels, and they are, um. You know, then that's when they engage in it. But their motive, as it were, says that they were going to make a citizen's arrest. Well, my thought is, okay, if you're making a citizen's arrest, why the guns? Why did you need to shoot him? As a former police officer, the father should have known you don't pull the the gun unless you yourself are in danger yeah. you don't shoot unless you yourself are in danger he was from what i could tell never in any danger no, in the video not that I could tell. you know arbery wasn't armed he was out for a jog in his neighborhood something he did regularly yeah. and so you know my thought is okay if you if you see someone who looks like they've been breaking into your neighborhood you know, now I'm an I'm an advocate for the Second Amendment. I I I love shooting firearms. I own several firearms myself, but I have prayed over each and every one of those firearms that I would never ever have to use them on a person. You know, I mean, yes, they're there in case there's self defense if somebody breaks into my home. Yeah, but. They're all locked up. I'm responsible with them. And and I, I I go to ranges and shoot targets. I want to go hunting someday. You know, so my prayer has been, Lord, may I use these in sport and never on a person. And, and so the idea here that if I saw someone that looked like they had been doing something they shouldn't have been, my first reaction would be, okay, I need to call the police and let the professionals handle it yeah not take things into my own hands especially if i'm not under any kind of a threat which these men weren't but anyways um you know there's a lot that we could get into in this and i'm really excited to see what legend has to say about this i know he's posted some stuff on his instagram account Uh, he said a lot of really great and interesting things um in and so um, I, I, you know, we wanted to hear from him and talk with him about this situation, and I think we're going to get into some good biblical perspectives on him from him, and some good, you know, thoughts and and his reaction to the whole situation, and and it's going to be a great discussion. So you don't want to miss the rest of it. So stay with us here and continue listening to our podcast right after this break. <laughs> All right, well, we're back, and we're excited to uh, have with us a Christian recording artist, hip-hop artist, and speaker, Legend. How you doing, buddy? What's up, Witty? How you doing, bro? Doing great. Doing great. Always good to get a chance to talk with you here. Um, You know, Alex and I and Legend have formed kind of a a friendship here over the last year. Uh, we brought him in to do a, a concert for our church, and, and man, I, I just appreciated your your heart and how you ministered to us as leaders, not just our kids, but to us as leaders that day. So we really appreciate that. And uh, we're ex- oh man, privilege. Yeah, we're excited to to have you on here. So 
Uh, before we get into our topic for the day, uh, why don't you tell us what you've been doing and, and, and kind of what's new for you? Because I know you've been putting in a lot of work. Yeah, man, just just enjoying quarantine, making videos, putting out music. I was working on an EP uh, over, uh, you know, December, January anyway, so we're dropping each each one as his own single. Uh, my single, I'm the Man, came out a few weeks ago, and that's doing good. We got about 16,000 spins on Spotify, which is really exciting. And uh, that is a celebration of uh, just, just men handling their business and giving glory to God, because uh, men don't get celebrated enough, and a lot of men don't handle their business. And uh, I just wanted to celebrate both. And so that is out. It's doing good. If you know somebody needs to hear it, celebrate it and tag them. Other than that, man, just doing videos. Um, I launched a merchandise club, getting some shirts out, and just writing sermons and preaching the gospel best I can, bro. Nice. So if people want to hit you up on social media, how can they find you? Always at Legend TV, and that's L-E-G-I-N-T-V. It's not legend is nigel my name backwards l-e-g-i-n-t-v just says the name backwards is just god flipped my life around so l-e-g-i-n-t-v socials website is legend.tv awesome awesome well definitely you know if you're listening and uh, you love uh, like lecrae or andy minio you will love legends music and the work that he is doing um fact you know i'd put him up there on their level man i, I love his stuff and and dude just just to throw this Appreciate out there uh, i'm the man is probably my new favorite track that you've oh, put out that's it most definitely it is yeah <laughs> Thank you, man. So, I appreciate it. I, I, when you, I know I'm in your fan club, and so you, you know, pre-release this stuff, and man, I must have been bumping that in my truck like on repeat for a few days straight when you first sent that. It was awesome. Oh, <laughs> nice. I was hoping it would just be an anthem, and this kid and, and and men could enjoy it, and just be like, yo, this is dope. Like I said, I come from fatherless background, so like celebrating men. Like my grandfather was amazing. But like, there's just this lack of celebrating like men oh, yeah. in our culture and TVs and even like even like experientially. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't have a dad around to celebrate. So like, I wanted to make something that I could just say, you know what? No, I'm 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 killing it. Like I'm taking care of my kids. I'm praising God. I'm loving my wife. I'm providing it. Like, oh, I just want to celebrate. I'm a man. I'm killing this right now. Like I just want to, you know, lift that up. And and you know, other men who feel like they don't get lifted up, I wanted them to have an anthem. You know what I'm saying? That's why I did it. And um, it just turned out fun, though. Like I loved it. <laughs> I, I love it, man. Well, let's get into our uh, a topic for today. Um, it's a kind of a serious topic. Um, Alex and I have been chatting about the uh, Ahmed Arbery situation. And uh, I know, you know, the one day Alex kind of came in and, uh, dude, did you see Legend's story? He's talking about, you know, the Ahmed Arbery situation. And we really appreciated what we had, what you had to say on your story on Instagram and, and some of the other things that you were posting about about the situation. And so we thought it would be great to bring you in and have your perspective because I'm going to be honest, I'm white and I don't understand. You know, that's the first thing I'm going to say is I don't understand the, you know, I'm, I'm starting to understand, but I don't understand what it's like to be black in America and to un to deal with situations like that. So, I guess as we get into this, first of all, what are your thoughts and your your heart on this situation? I mean, just just point blank period. I think I don't think he deserved to be shot down in the street like that. Like period. Mm -hmm. Whether you you know stand your ground, a citizen's arrest, or whatever you want to do about it, if that was your nephew or somebody you cared about, uh, people wouldn't be as callous with their comments. And I think they're only. You only care. Me and my pastor said all the time. You only care about what you're connected to. And since people aren't connected to um, him or even the black experience of the black community, a lot of people are really callous with their comments when they make them uh, political and they start throwing back all types of rhetoric to to um, to distract from what just happened. Man got shot dead in the street when they easily could have uh, said, "There he goes," and called the police. They went out with their guns, um, and people are arguing if they had. Uh, the, the, the legal right for citizens arrest. Some people say yes, some people say no. It doesn't matter. They chased him down with shotgun out and said, let me talk to you. And somebody comes to you with a gun, you can either run and hope they're a bad shot or you can defend yourself. Um, and either one, either way, they had guns out. Like what, I don't know, what's your response? What's your response? Fight or flight? Like, yeah. kid, I, I don't, if he's fought back, then I'm not mad at him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to get home and see my kids. I might fight back too. But the fact that people are justifying that and saying, well, he shouldn't have been running. It is just a callousness that is unbecoming of anybody who claims Christ, and it's frustrating. 
This is true. And I know when I saw the video, I was shocked. And I think what shocked me the most, and this is what I said to Alex the other day, I, for me, I felt like I was living under a rock. You know, I, I mentioned to you in a text the other day, you know, you and Alex have really helped me see some areas in my life, just the friendship I've had with the two of you, see some areas in my life that I didn't realize I needed to change and some views that I needed to to rethink. And so, um, and where was I going with that? Um, so I guess what shocked me and upset me is I like to think of myself as an informed person. And this happened back in February and I only just heard about it the other week when the video was released. Had you heard about it ahead of time or had any knowledge of this ahead of time? No. No, I hadn't either. Um, I just, I wasn't plugged in on this on this particular case either, man. So you're not alone in that. And a lot of people weren't. That's why there was such outrage and such a flare-up. I mean, there's a lot of people that are really plugged in to all of these cases because these cases are happening all the time. There's complaints all the time. And some of them make the national news and become the cases that we know about. Um, but no, I wasn't even, I wasn't even plugged in and heard about it. And when I saw his but but the thing is like, when I saw his face starting to flood my feed, I didn't even have to click a link. I already knew what it was. I knew another black man that got gunned down. That's why I was seeing his face everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it took me a while to click it. Cause I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not ready for another story. I just, I'm just not ready for it. Yeah. Um, but I already knew what it was, but no, I didn't hear it until then. So as a, as a, hopefully this is, I'm, I'm as a, as a black man, how does stories like this affect your heart as a black man and a Christian? Yeah. So a little context. I was raised in a, in a, uh, a nice family uh, neighborhood, single family home. My grandparents worked hard to uh, provide that life. They, they grew, up, grew up in a neighborhood called LNJ Gardens in Virginia Beach and was founded by a successful black mortician and his family. They bought a lot of land with the intention to selling that land to black folks to give them uh, ownership and, and, and uh, just, just nice single family land with yards and stuff like that. So we, I was raised in a house. My grandparents uh, raised my mom in it. And, um, and when my mom was a kid, the, there was a black side of the neighborhood and a white side of the neighborhood. And when my mom was a kid, they would change to keep the black kids from crossing over to the white side of the neighborhood. Uh, so that's the history of where I was very nice neighborhood, very peaceful, but you're not welcome over here. So when I came along, that was gone. The chains were gone, you know, laws had passed, praise the Lord. Um, but you know, I, as I would jog around and, you know, work out for track, I'm, I'm re- always reminded when I go to the white side, cause it only be white people outside on that side and my side was the black side and they were both nice sides, but I was just reminded of the history, but there was also this hope that, well, man, whew, thank God that's behind us. And I can jog over here now. Thank God that's behind us. And no matter what was going on in culture, no matter what was going on in the news, there was still this hope that, well, at least that day is over. My mom would show me eyes on the prize in elementary school, uh, documentaries about civil rights struggles and all that. And my mom raised me with an awareness, but she never raised me with a hatred or a us versus them. None of my family did that. They just wasn't, they didn't teach like that. But they said, this is what it is. If you get pulled over, you need to keep your hands here. Because if they don't see your hands, they're going to treat you as more of a threat. So when I get pulled over to this day, my hands are out the window just to make sure you see I'm not reaching for anything when you approach me Um, and just stuff like that. But they would never taught me to hate. So but I'm still kind of like, well, at least it's at least it's over for the most part. And then, um, you know, there's all types of shooting examples we can pull from. But the one that that, that wrecked my life and I'm I'm ashamed it took this long, but it just did was Tamir Rice. Mm. And when I bring up Tamir Rice, most of my white friends don't know who he is. And I don't I don't get mad at them for that. Even if you don't know who that is, Brandon, I'm, I don't blame you. Maybe you do, but I, I don't blame you if you don't, because we get, we get different front page news based on our circles, social circles. It's just natural. It's not the, it's not the liberal media or Facebook's evil algorithm. It's just natural. You talk about stuff that impacts your community and the people you're around more. So Tamir Rice pops up and Tamir Rice is a kid. He's got a toy gun. He's in a, he's in a park. There's like a nine minute surveillance video. He's just kind of walking around by himself. And then out of nowhere, you just see a cop car pull up on him, shoot him dead, and he's, and he's gone. There is no get out of the car. There is no lift your hands up. There is no put the gun down. Let's see if you're even a threat. They just pull up and shoot him, and he's dead. And when I saw that video, uh, I went over to my son's bed. He was asleep, and I just leaned over his bed, and I cried, and I wept. And I said, I got to have the same conversations with my son my mother had with me because we're not, we're not over this yet. 
and uh, you were hoping for justice, hoping that things would happen. It's on video. We can see what happened. And as the pessimists could expect, um, the cops got off. Yeah. They just got off and they went, they went on and they, they changed departments and ended up going to another department where they trained other cops on how to deal with community. I'm like, how do you, you know, how does this happen? Like how, how does this happen in the land of the free and the home of the brave? But if I, if, if I get up and I sing the national anthem at a sporting event and I struggle with saying those words, I hate America. I hate veterans. And I'm, 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 I'm anti my nation because I should be happy for the freedoms I have. And I'm just like, there's, there's this tension that black folks live in where we live in the States and have all the benefits of the States and stuff like that. But then when we, when we experience uh, the mindsets and the systems that are in place to keep us as lesser than, and we speak out against it, we're not allowed to because we live in the state. Yeah. And it's just like, dang, dog. So I left, I left, I leaned over my son's crib and I wept and I was like, yo, that could have been my son, dog. Yeah. Outside with a toy gun. Now, I don't let my kids play with toy guns. My mother never let me do it. But I mean, nerf at the best. But I mean, like, regardless, they could pull up on my son and they could get off. Yeah. And that's what I was faced with. So when I see a 25-year-old man, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I feel like I'm talking to him. I'll tell you exactly what happened um, with, with, with this. You know, Ahmaud Arbery's 25, and he's jogging, and all this stuff goes down. The, the, the day before, that, that night, bro, when I saw it, I, I've been getting up in the morning to work out, and I'm trying to, trying to get myself, trying to take advantage of quarantine and get in shape, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I get up early in the morning, and I, I go run, I do a little workout thing. And my son said, Daddy, you working out tomorrow? And I was like, yeah. He's like, wake me up. I want to go with you. I was like, okay. And I laid him down for bed. And then I got flooded with all the stuff by the Mod Yeah. And my first thought when I woke up the next morning after having a sleepless night because I was depressed, the first thing I woke up this morning was, hey, man, I hope my son doesn't wake up so I can go work out without him. I don't want him to start working out. I'm afraid for him to go jogging. Yeah. Yeah. It's my first thought. Hmm. You can call it stupid. You can call it an overreaction. You can say Celebrity media programming, yeah, whatever, you can do whatever you want to do. But that was legit my thought. Like, dog, like he got shot running and jogging. I don't want my son to go jog right now. Yeah. My seven-year-old boy, that's my fear. So um, I'm fighting through that. But it's just, th- those are my, those are, that's where my thoughts come from. That's where the experience comes from. And I mean, I may be, I may be jumping the gun, but like uh, a lot of people get, get frustrated with the whole concept of white privilege. And I think it's because of a misunderstanding of what that term means. Yeah. Like white privilege doesn't mean you have a silver spoon in your mouth and you automatically hate all black people. It's not, I don't think that's what it means at all. So let's disarm that. I think white privilege, I think I, I, I was somewhat white privilege like this. If, if, if we have a race problem and if it does not change, you probably won't be affected if you're white. You have the privilege to you have the privilege to not be affected. So when Ahmad Arbery pops up, you have the privilege to say, "Well, I'm sure he was doing something wrong," or "Well, that's just an isolated incident." You have the privilege to not feel the pain and the weight of America's sins that we've never repented of, yeah. and perpetuated down generations on all sides because of it. You have the privilege to look at that and brush it off as a non-existent thing, blame it on politics and policies, blame it on blah 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 blah. Yeah. That's a privilege that black people don't get. And when we when these situations happen, the scab is ripped off from a wound that was never cleansed and never addressed. And we're told to just deal with it. Why are you complaining? Like you guys can eat in the same restaurants as us now. You should be happy. And that's kind of that's kind of the rhetoric that we got to deal with on a regular basis. Yeah. No. Well, and I would agree with your assessment of white privilege because I'll be honest. Like, again, you know, I my background. I grew up in rural Pennsylvania. We had maybe two black kids that I knew of that I went to high school with, you know, so, you know, I'd come in contact with, with black people. My, my music teacher, one of my favorite teachers in elementary school, he was a black man, really helped me become the man I was to, I am today. But I I still, you know, I experienced white privilege in very much the way that you described it. You know, for instance, Alex has got a story here at the church I'll let him tell it, but my experience at, as as late nights that he had here is different than what he has. Alex, you want to tell that story to, to Legend? Yeah, so um, I th- I think people get a misconception of when what when different groups are out late at night and how it affects them. 
because we around Easter time we do this twenty four hour press train and I'm an ally. I'll, I'll stay up till like three and then I can get like four hours of sleep and I'm good to go for the next day. So this prayer train, I think I signed up for like one in the morning or something like that. And normal normal night, I drive up here and I park and this cop car swings around and gets out and I'm getting out at the same time. It's like, what are you doing here? And sequestering questions me and I'm always, and I was taught young age and I get told every day by aunties and uncles, all that, don't. Don't make any fast act, act, movements. You keep your hands where they can see you. And, like, I'm just here for a prayer service, and that's it. And just kept questioning me and asking me more stuff. And soon it got diffused in a calm manner and nothing happened. But I was like, oh, thank God. this is." But you see this stuff on the news, and you don't think it's going to happen to you. But black people, we, I, I think it's going to happen. And I, I have to be extra precautious about these things, and I never thought it would happen to me at this point. And so when Ahmad yeah. hit me also, that it hit me harder. Not that the other, like, Tamir Rice and Trayvon Martin and Sandra Rilland and all that didn't hit me, but Ahmad was 25, turning 26. I'm 26. That hit me hard. Like, he's the same age as me, doing the same thing that I do and just go out for a run. I And that next day, I didn't... I was gonna do it. I said, no, I can't. I can't do this, even though I live in a good neighborhood and people know me. It's like that. I just can't do it today. It's just I can't do that. And I can't let my mom do it. I just can't. We can't let. I just can't let that thing happen today. And so that hit. It hit me harder for this one, just because that the kid was the same age as me, doing the same thing that I do yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, and so like. You know, yeah, what right. I what I was trying to bring up there, too, with Alex is, you know, here we are, we're doing this prayer service. He's here late at night, one night, his own place of worship, and a cop pulls up on him. What are you doing? Whereas I've been here late at night before by myself, and I've seen cops, you know, drive by, and they'll drive by and just wave and not get out the car or talk to me. And so, you know, I definitely agree with your assessment of, of white privilege. Doesn't mean I was born with a silver spoon in my hand. But I've come to understand that it's I've experienced life differently than you and Alex who are are black. And and it's a shame that, you know, for instance, Alex had to deal with that at his own place of worship. And it's a shame and a tragedy that Ahmad Arbery couldn't run in his own neighborhood without being harassed and shot. Um yeah, well, I mean, it's, and that's part of that's part of the tension. Like, so he wasn't in his neighborhood, right? He was he lived about fifteen minutes away, and but he would jog every day. And it was like he's a, he's an athlete, right? right so right. he went to went to this white neighborhood where he was jogging, and all that, and that's where the situation went down. But like, the bottom line is, you're you're jogging. If that's your neighborhood, somebody else's neighborhood, you're jogging, and to be approached with, why are you here? Um, is another situation. All in, in, in right, right. One well, again, that's you know, I'm a runner or was a runner, and you know, I'd run 30, 45 minutes away from my house growing up and never had anyone come up to me and say, Why are you here? It was, you know, they wave at me and I run along, and and so, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm I'm learning these things now, and I'm ashamed that I'm learning them now in my 30s when I should have realized this younger so that I could have been a better advocate for my brothers because that's what you and Alex are. You guys are my brothers. And so let's, let's transition Absolutely. Here, here into kind of a, a biblical perspective. Uh, well, first of all, Alex, did you have any questions or thoughts you wanted to share with, with legend before we get into kind of a biblical perspective? Oh, uh, no, not really. I mean, no, that's pretty much it. So as we, we get into hey, before you transition, man, I just want to say this, bro. Like, don't be, I don't think being ashamed is the right response. So don't don't feel like um, you waste the time and you miss the boat. Like that's between you and God. But I wouldn't carry that. I wouldn't carry that uh, that guilt unless God is telling you to repent of something. That's 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 between you and Him. But like, but I would just say, man, like the fact, honestly, and Alice can attest to this. Like the fact that you care, bro, is 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 more. That means more than anything else. The fact that you care enough, because that's what privilege is. You don't have to care. Yeah, right. and when you do care, in spite of that, it means a lot to us, you know. And and that's something I would say about this case, man. Like um, this with, with this situation, um, I've seen so much response from a lot of my white brothers and sisters, a lot of my white family and friends 
who do have privilege and don't have to care. And their response, like the phone calls I'm getting in the message, the text, people hit me up with Marco Polo in tears. Like, bro, like I just, I knew, but I didn't know. And, or I, I don't know what to do. What do I do? How do I think about this? I'm praying for you and your family and your kids. And it's just, so there's been, there's, there's been a, I personally experienced a lot of that, uh, which has given me a great deal of hope. Um, how long will it last? Uh, we get flooded with 3000 messages a day and people get, get, get sucked in the, in the other things. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I do know that there was a flood for this case of that on my end, and I was really appreciative for it. So I appreciate you, Karen. I do have one more, one more thing that and then Legend brought up a good point about uh, having his friend, white friends, because I had, I also had a lot of people come up and shoot me things and say, "Oh, oh I thought I knew, I didn't know," and people apologize, like I said this thing, and that wasn't the right thing to say at all, because. I have these. I have scars that are from chicken pox when supposed to scratch, not scratch, and I scratch them and they're scarred over. And someone said, "Man, look at those cigarette burns that your mom gave you." And people, it's not a thought in people's mind right away. Like it's not the right thing to say at all. And they say, "Oh, that's not something I should have said at all." I'm inconsiderate, not thinking. It's just open my eyes and people's eyes that people are starting to care a little bit more now and want to do better and try to be better at that. Definitely. So, you know, for me, I know, you know, the, the term right now is woke. I don't know if I want to use that, but, you know, I know Alex mentioned earlier, and I know you brought it up earlier, the national anthem, and it really was Colin Kaepernick in his kneeling that started kind of waking me up a little bit to what's going on, why is he doing this, and, and starting to get getting me to question some thoughts that I had and as I analyzed, you know, my faith in God, I realized there were certain ways that I wasn't living consistently with what Scripture teaches. You know, I mentioned that you and Alex are my brothers. Regardless of our skin tone, we're brothers, and, and we all bear the image of God and should be, be treated. So from your perspective, Legend, you know, with this situation and, and other situations that will probably occur in the future— how should we, you know, how do you think we should approach this from a, a biblical perspective or a, a, what is a good biblical response to this? Man, honestly, bro, for me, it's, it's, if we don't start with the, with the Imago Dei, the image of God, like we're wasting our time. Cause like there, there's, if, if we're, if we see Ahmad Arbor is made in the image of God, then, then we can't be callous to, to the loss of his life. Um, same, same scenario. Even if you take it a level deeper, like if we are brothers and we see family, um, if you see somebody you care about struggling or suffering, whether whether you consider Ahmad Arbery your family and, and you're struggling because of that, or you see me struggling because Ahmad Arbery uh, is, is dead and you see me hurting and you care about me, th- then you got to have concern for the whole whole situation. Um, you Like I said, you're not connected. You don't care about things you're not connected to. So having a callous response, whether... Uh, you know, whether, Hey, it comes out that he was around there robbing houses and, and they, and they, and they did catch him. Like, dude, at the end of the day, call the, call the police and let that man have his day in court. Don't just roll out vigilante and shoot him. I'm hurt because this is okay in America and the chances of them getting off are better than they should be. And I'm hurt because of that. Um, have some sympathy and you know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like, but that comes from an understanding of the Imago Day and an understanding of family. Like the problem is, um, Christ says the greatest commandment that you can possibly fulfill is to be reconciled with the Father and to love Him and get the vertical right. And then that transitions to the horizontal, to where you love your neighbor as yourself. Well, we don't love our neighbor as ourselves if we see somebody dead in the street and we say, well, good riddance. We don't love our neighbor as ourselves if you see me hurting about it and you say, well, you're just being manipulated by the liberal media and the lies and the death. We don't love our neighbor as ourselves when I say, hey, man, I'm at a funeral. And my brother just died. And at the funeral, which is what we are, we're at a funeral right now for Ahmaud Arbery because we're mourning and we're grieving. But at the funeral, you pop up and say, well, I know you, well, I mean, why are you so concerned about his death when 2,000 babies die of abortion every day? And like, that's, this isn't the time for that. It's not the time. Because we know that we're going to get several canned responses uh, to these things. What about black on black crime? What about abortion? What about descendants? You know, we're going to get those canned responses which allows you to deflect and act like this is something stupid and we shouldn't care about it. And those things need to be discussed, but not right now. Right now we need to be talking about this. I'm at a funeral. Don't bring another issue to me right now. 
And that's the part that, that we need. So if you really care, like the gospel tells you to care, then you're going to reach out with concern to your brother that's hurting. And I don't feel like debating or arguing right now when I have on my black suit. Like, stop that. I want I want to see justice for somebody. If if your nephew or your or your your cousin or your son got gunned down on video, you would have a different response than saying, well, "What about this crime too?" It's not how it's not how you handle stuff with people you care about. And the gospel calls us to care for our neighbors ourselves. And we don't do that well when we when we when we're callous with our responses. That's my biggest thing. You know what? When this popped up. I was mentally tired when, as soon as I saw it. One, because I was tired for the obvious reason. Yeah. But the second reason uh, was I already knew about the canned responses from people who aren't connected to this that I was going to have to deal with and mentally process and wade through. Uh, and I was just tired in advance of having to deal with the lack of concern and the callous response. And that's the part that that that, um, that hurts too. Yeah. So I think the gospel calls us to care. It's pretty simple. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I know a lot of people would call America a Christian nation, um, or it's been called that in the past. I don't know how many people would call it that anymore, but how can we, you know, not just as Christians, but how do you think we as Americans can move beyond this and, and hopefully try to prevent this from happening in the future? Ultimately, I know our sinful nature is going to kind of trump anything we do, you know, there's still going to be sinful people out there that are going to not, you know, they're going to still kill people, whether they're black, white, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, how can we as Americans, because this is something that's been going on since the beginning of America, how can we continue to move past this? Because, you know, we, we a few months ago on one of our first podcasts, Alex and I talked about Black History Month. And, you know, we talked about Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream. How can we get that dream? Because it's clear we're not quite there to that dream yet. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I guess it's broken record, man. Like, for me, it's... So, do I think America is a Christian nation? No, I don't. Um, do I think America was founded on Judeo-Christian values? Yes, I do. Um, you can't write you can't write what's in that constitution without them. Um, and, uh, and you you just can't write, you can't pin it without that framework. And it's a beautiful framework. It sounds beautiful, but from our very inception, we we didn't live it out. We didn't live it out for the people that we didn't think were as valuable as us. Native Americans, um, African, you know, African Americans, we just, we just just never, we never lived it out. Um, I mean, you literally understand we had laws to keep people from eating in the same place because they, because of skin color, uh, a generation before us, that's not that far behind us. So we didn't live it out, even though we had churches and we sent missionaries and we did great things in Jesus name. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't think we're Christian. I just personally don't. Um, and, and my hope is not in my nation being Christian. So I don't really care. That's not where my hope is. My hope is not in me having to prove America is run by, I don't, that's not, that's not where my hope is. Uh, the gospel was written in an extreme minority context for believers in Christ in Rome and all these things. So that's not where my hope is. That doesn't matter to me. Um, but if we're, if we're going to claim that, um, that we see uh, people made in the image of God, then that's going to cause us to respond differently. And the challenge is, I think, whether you believe in God or not, the challenge America has is this, is this very divisive political climate um, and the way we see people that we don't agree with. Uh, we, we vilify and demonize and turn them into enemies, whether they're American citizens or not. And if somebody is not on your political team, they are the sole reason for the depravity of the country. They're the sole reason for the suffering. And if you could just beat them and their candidate, everything's going to work out. But the funny thing is that has worked for no election ever. It's worked for no political. It's never worked. It has never worked. But we still continue to put our hope in that, that if we just get the Democrats out, if we just beat the Republicans and everything's going to be, it doesn't work. But we keep putting our hope in things that the Bible told us not to put our hope in. Why? Because politics is our God. And um, Tim Keller says in Counterfeit Gods, political idolatry is when you glorify or demonize a candidate. So when you see a candidate is either Satan or Savior, you are in sin. And that's why our entire country is just about split up. It's split up like that. 
Yep. It's this ca- this candidate is our savior. This candidate is our is our Satan. Um, this party is our savior. This party is our Satan. And 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 as much as we continue to to bow down to the idol of political salvation, bro, we're we're going to have to demonize somebody to make our team better. And that's what we do. And then we take these issues with us and drag them through the mud and we make them bow down to those idols instead of making all of these things bow down to Christ and starting at that point. So our starting, we don't even have our starting place right. And some of us don't, or some of us are bowing down to political idols while we're singing Hillsong worship songs and, and, and really great music on Sunday morning. We're still doing the same thing. So until we repent of political idolatry in our country, uh, and it's, there's probably somebody who can make an even greater case for something else. I don't really know. But I, that's the way I see it. Until we, until we repent of that, we're going to keep having to make enemies of other people who are made in the image of God. Uh, and we're going to keep fighting things. And, and, and Satan's going to just be sitting back with his arms folded like, oh, man, thanks for making my job easy. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, yep. so um, Alex, before we because we're getting close to having to, to wrap things up, but I've appreciated everything you've said, man. It's solid. And, and man, I hope our listeners are going to take to heart. Um, to this, but Alex, did you have any other questions for for Legend or anything else that you wanted to bring up at this point? No, I mean I think we hit every every good point here. I think remember that we gotta love our neighbor and we gotta stick to that. If we're really considering someone our neighbor, I mean let's love them like we love every single person. With that, I mean that's the only thought I gotta add here. Amen, amen. Well, Legend, my 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 last question for you is uh, what's the first thing you're gonna do? when quarantine is completely over? Dude, straight up, my wife and I have been talking about it. Like, we, we have a little bit of space on our hands. Uh, I'm going, I, I, my plan is to hop in the car and go on a road trip and just be gone. Like, I'm excited to just go visit a couple friends. I can work from my laptop and uh, just, just I want to hit the road and go see a couple friends in, in uh, Tennessee and maybe go see my cousin in Florida. Uh, I got a homie in Texas that's been trying to get us to come out there and kick it with him. And it, I, we just go hit the road and, and do, and I've never liked road trips. Like, bro, like I'm straight up. If I've got to drive more than 15 minutes, like that's long distance. <laughs> but like, I'm just excited right now to just go and just do stuff. And uh, we'll see the Grand Canyon. I don't know, what, whatever. I'm just excited to go. <laughs> well, listen, you've got to let us know when your first concert in Virginia after quarantine happens, because I want to be there. Bro, if everything works out, we got something on the books for October. Nice. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, yeah. Nice. We'll be there. Nice. Well, we'll do what we can. Well, man, one more time. How can uh, our listeners reach you on social media? Uh, at Legend TV, L E G I N T V, anywhere, um, and uh, and www.legend.tv. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you taking time out of your uh, quarantine day to uh, come and hang out <laughs> with us. And, uh, <laughs> and chat a little bit and uh, we'll have you on again soon i'm sure anytime bro holla at me all right appreciate y'all man appreciate you peace So we've had a really great discussion today uh, with Legend. A lot of really good stuff. Uh, Probably a little bit of a longer podcast than we normally go. But one, it's our first one back from quarantine. Uh, And two, it's just such a hotbed topic. And and I think it's something that we're going to be talking about again, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, And so... As we get ready to wrap things up here, Alex, what is one thing that you would want to leave everyone that's listening? Uh, what was one thing you would want everyone to take from this conversation? Something that I want everyone to take from this conversation is I just, just be aware of your neighbor. Be aware of your brother. Be aware of what's going on in their lives and don't 
don't come down on them or diminish them or diminish their thoughts on something like this happening because it's not something that you fully understand or it's something that you think you understand but you don't have the full context of it because you're not you're not in that point of view so just don't don't diminish what someone else's thoughts are till you have that till you have the full facts of it and you talk with that person fully about it because now we're not going to get anywhere if we're not talking about this and bringing attention to it because this is something that needs attention. This isn't something that we need to talk about for a day and like, bam, it's not going to happen again because obviously this happened again. So remember that and remember, love your neighbor. If we're, if we're going on, on and about your neighbor here. You got to love them. You got to love on them. Love is the big word. This four letter word small but has a powerful meaning and a powerful use to it let's use it in that correct way that was supposed to be used yeah definitely and and for me there's actually several things that i want people to leave the first thing um is, is is kind of targeted at everyone listening regardless of the color of your skin is just remember that we are all image bearers of god and and with that that gives each and every person value and, and each and every person deserves to be treated a certain way. The second thing I would say is is, is kind of directed to my white brothers and sisters that are out there listening. Um, I really appreciated what Legend said is that if you care for your neighbors yourself, then you need to have sympathy regardless of the situation. Like regardless if Ahmed Arbery was doing anything wrong, which from what we can tell at this point, based off of all the video footage that's out there, he wasn't doing anything wrong from what we can tell at this point. But regardless of whether or not he did do something wrong, we still need to show compassion and care to our brothers and sisters that are out there that are upset over this. And we need to seek to listen to them. And then the final thing that I want to bring up is something, um, kind of an obscure story in the book of Joshua, but it really is- outlines the 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 story, the the kind of Jesus's principle in Matthew where he tells you if you've got a problem with a brother or sister go to them directly in Joshua one of the tribes or a couple of the tribes they decided they weren't going to live in the promised land they wanted a certain uh, you know piece of land on the other side of the Jordan River as they were coming from Egypt and so they agreed that it was agreed that they could have it as long as they went over and fought with the rest of the tribes of Israel to take over the land well they did that in Joshua, and as they're going back, they build this altar to the Lord, and the rest of the tribes of Israel are like, yo, you just build an idol. We need to go wipe you out. But cooler heads prevailed, and they sent a group of of uh, uh, kind of a, a group of emissaries from the rest of the tribes of Israel to go to these other tribes and say, hey, what's going on? And it came out that, no, this is just a tribute and kind of a reminder to us and to you that we all worship the same God. It's not meant to be an idol. It's not meant to be used for sacrifices or anything like that. We're still going to come to the temple and do all we need to do to, 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 you know, do sacrifices and things like that. This is so that you can't say that we don't worship the same God. And so that we don't say we worship, we don't worship the same God. This is to remind us that we are still family essentially. And, and so it, it basically that idea of sending someone to go and talk and find out, hey, what's going on, really enabled them to, to avoid war. And I think if we more often than not practice this idea of going and talking to our brothers to find out what's going on, to find out the actual story, we'd have a little bit more understanding and a little less attack. You know, like, for instance, if the the men that shot Ahmed had gone to him without their guns and just talked to him, it would have been a different story. We probably wouldn't even be talking about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so those are kind of the things that that I am am reminded of and and just wanted to really kind of bring up, Um, you know. But the biggest thing that I could say out of all of this is, again, just remember that we're all image bearers of God and we all have value. Well, we are so happy that you took the time to, to join and listen to us today. I promise it won't be two months until we release another podcast unless, you know, something happens like another pandemic. We'll still get it out. We'll still figure out how to get it out. But, uh, you know, we're glad that you've decided to, to listen to us and we're happy to be back and recording. 
So uh, you can find our podcast in, well, obviously you're listening to it, so you know where to find our podcast. But definitely check us out on social media. Alex, where can they find us on social media? Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at FusionNBC. You can find us on uh, Instagram, Fusion Youth NBC, And for Facebook still, Fusion Youth NBC. So thank you guys for joining us. Those are all the socials. Follow us. Give us a like. Uh, you can find this podcast on basically every every podcast streaming system there is. We just got added to Google. So, yeah, man. And you can find our YouTube channel, That's Fusion. Right. Uh, it's called Fusion Youth at Midlothian Baptist. They should be able to find us. If you type in Fusion and find our logo, you'll know it's us. So, with all that being said, hope you guys have a great day. Hope you enjoyed, and uh, we'll be back soon. Peace. Peace.